0: You are listening to Episode 2 of the Practice Brave Podcast. Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave Podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode two of the Practice Brave podcast. Today we're going to be going over all things pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. What is it? How did it start? What are some of our themes and overall, like what's the vibe of what we do and what makes it different? So, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism officially started about two years ago. However, it has been this evolving effort of mine for probably five years, where I've really tried to zone in on why was there no relatable information for athletes and coaches for women who wanted to train through their pregnancy and make a return to the kind of performance and fitness they wanted to do as mothers. There was nothing but generic. Or really extreme information. And for me as an athlete and coach, I thought, well, I know better. Like I know what to do. I'm informed. And so it was really easy to gravitate towards more of an extreme effort of training during these chapters because our fitness culture emphasizes, you know, really generic, listen to your body, do what you've always done. And after you have the baby, you're cleared, time to get your body back kind of vibe. And You know, that is what resonated, and that was what was absolutely promoted in the fitness circle. Whereas maybe on the medical side of things, it was more of that generic conservative. And I was like, well, that's not for me. So, anyway, as a coach and then as an athlete who was turning into a mom, I really felt compelled to start connecting a lot of dots, creating the information and resources and just overall message that I felt could resonate with my peers because. This is still, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is in its infancy, right? I don't know about you, but I know that 30 some years ago, my mom was not training and pursuing fitness in the way that moms are today. I absolutely know my grandma wasn't. You know, maybe there was aerobics and running and some light weights, but overall, our fitness culture has shifted so much, even within like the last 10 years, especially. And so that's where so many of us are. Really redefining what it means to be an athlete throughout the course of our lifetime of fitness, in whatever way that might be, whether it's boot camp, CrossFit, powerlifting, triathlons, whatever that looks like for you, we are pursuing that in ourselves as athletes and mothers while also raising our babies. So, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism has now turned into a movement. We have online education and resources for both athletes and coaches from pregnancy programming, postpartum programming, and just the general information on what do I do? How do I do it? Uh, what do I need to know? Just general education that simply did not exist five years ago to now a certification where coaches understand how to work with this population. And we have coaches all over the world. Who are bringing this to their gyms and community, and it's been amazing to see the unique ways um, this message and education, information, application has been applied to different communities from the different voices of coaches that are that are putting this work out there. And so, it has been such a beautiful growth of advocacy and and work being done by a lot of coaches and athletes who who feel compelled to learn more and buy in and shift what they've been told what they thought and maybe go into it feeling a little bit more secure and informed because there's now information available that simply still is not as out there as we need it to be so how does fitness culture influence pregnancy and postpartum fitness so again we have seen such extreme and generic advice given we know that it's really easy for doctors, midwives, doulas to say, well, don't lift over 15 pounds, or we'll just keep doing what you've always done. If you were doing this before, it's fine to continue doing that. Or the other end of the spectrum on social media, maybe we have a little bit more of extreme examples of, well, if this athlete was able to keep doing box jumps, double unders, running a half marathon, like competing at six months pregnant, or she is back to competing at Three months postpartum, obviously that's what I can do, or that's what you know a course of action looks like for someone like us. And so we can't be relying on social media to provide that education either, because a lot of those athletes, and hey, I've worked with a lot of those athletes um, at some point in their process. They are not necessarily people that have the right to be giving that information. They're sharing their personal process, but that doesn't mean their personal process is what yours should look like because everybody has a different need and goal when it comes to pregnancy, recovering from pregnancy, managing symptoms, and reintegrating back into the kind of fitness they want to do and pursuing the goals that you have, whether that's to, I want to run a 5k a couple times a year, or I want to make a run for the Olympics. Everybody's goal looks different. And so I think what we really need is more context around what does that look like for me? And that's where I've really tried to come in and bridge that gap, connect a lot of dots so that you guys can make that call for yourself because there is no one size fits all methodology for training. But we do have some general guidelines and things that can help provide individual context. Our fitness culture reminds us that, well, God forbid you look like you had a baby. It's time to get your body back. You had that baby. Well, now there's this no excuses culture. And that is not benefiting anybody except people promoting that f- to sell their product or program, right? Like, it, we're already tempted because so much of our body and life feels unfamiliar. There is that kind of desperation to get your body back. And I want to continually emphasize, and I've been doing this for as long as I can, but it's about moving forward, right? I did the whole Effort of trying to get my body back, but nothing about my life was going back. I had a new baby. My body had significantly changed. My brain had changed. Everything about my life had changed. There was no going back. It was about figuring out how I could move forward with all of the new circumstances that were with me. Right. And so, if we can get more coaches and athletes to understand that it's not about going back, it's about working with what you have, it's reevaluating and reassessing where you're at and what that looks like for you now not what that marketer is telling you on Instagram, not what that influencer is showing you when she shows you like her progression of getting her body back. So much of that is not real. And there's the business of social media and selling products and just a lot of the insecurity that comes from this pregnancy and postpartum sharing process. Maybe it's really, there's well intentions there, but we also have to understand that in this effort to inspire, that a lot of people will say, there's still a lot of times it's sort of capitalizing. It's it's exploiting their own insecurities, right? And then they're trying to capitalize on that through more like likes and attention and maybe uh, selling their product or their program or whatever it might be like, if you follow this diet Program, et cetera, you will start to look like this postpartum too. So, moms are very much targeted when it comes to this get your body back methodology. And there is nothing wrong with wanting to feel better, with wanting to change your body, with trying to find a routine again. I absolutely relate to that. And I think that the thing that we really need to understand when we're connecting fitness culture to what it means to be a mom now and a mom who does prioritize being an athlete and enjoys fitness is it's a time process. And the more you force it, the harder it's going to be in a lot of ways. And we here are all about prioritizing your mental health and your physical health so that it gives you sustainable health. Why do athletes need to adapt their training and mindset during pregnancy and postpartum? This is something that I get a lot because because we're told, well, you know, just, just listen to your body and keep doing what you always done, right? Those are the, the general statements that we hear day in and day out. Or you see somebody maybe doing like high level or high effort movement or exercise and, you know, they're, well, I feel fine. And that's, that's another thing that we hear all the time, right? Is like, there's this, almost like this justification. Well, I can do it, therefore it's probably fine. And so I like to emphasize that, you know, it's really about finding, having this like risk versus reward situation and conversation with yourself. If you have to question, if you should or should not do X, Y, or Z, you already have that answer. It's about listening to the voice that you've been trained to ignore as athletes and depending on what kind of competitive environment that you're in, whether you're like intrinsically motivated or it's the environment that you're motivated by, you know, we are told to push through and to keep going and work harder, right? So I think a lot of times it's being able to recognize, hey, maybe this is not that time right now. It's not time to push. It's not time to ignore. It's not time to dismiss some feedback that my body is giving me. Or maybe your body's not giving you feedback and you just have to kind of come and step outside of that and say, this is probably not the right choice for where my body is at right now. As your body changes from the inside out, your training should also during pregnancy and postpartum, your body is changing and it's trying to find its new homeostasis. Your training has to be patient and work with your body, not against it by adding extra stress. So many athletes want to do too much too soon because there's this desperation to feel normal again. And while well, I get it, like God, There's nothing else I wanted more than to just feel a sense of normalcy because the magnitude of adjusting to a new baby and what that looks like for your life is a lot. And training, you know, people always say, well, but exercise is my therapy. Mine too. Mine too. But it is not the only solution we have for managing your mental health and the stresses of healing and adjusting to this new chapter. We have to have a really well-rounded approach to figuring out who am I outside of what I can physically do, right? Because you just, you never know what variables life is going to throw at you. And some people might take a lot longer to heal. Some people might be managing different symptoms that really hold their training back for a while. It's not to say that they can't do anything. It's just, it might look different. And can we be okay with it looking different now, because now is not necessarily forever. And so learning to shift our mindset around our expectations of what it should look like, who we should look like, like what we thought it would be like versus what it actually is. I think it's a really important conversation to start having earlier on in the process. The more I can get my athletes to kind of embrace this surrender during pregnancy... I think the better off their overall postpartum return and acclimation is. I did it two separate ways. My first time being pregnant with Cade, I was not about that. Like, I am in control. I am going to make it work, you know? Like, there was no really surrender there. This was just how it was going to be, and this is what I was going to do, and, like, no excuses My second pregnancy with Chance, I was like, well, there's a lot of variables I can't control. It's amazing how much motherhood humbles you, right? Like, so I knew there was a lot of variables that I just could not control. And so letting go of some of those and then really embracing what I could control, like who's on my team? Do I have a pelvic floor physical therapist who is helping guide me? Do I have a doctor that I love who's respecting me? Is my husband really on board with what I'm going to need from him during this postpartum chapter? These are privileges I was really able to embrace, and it made a world of difference because I knew I can't control how I carry this baby and what birth is like, but I can try my best to put myself in a position for an overall better experience because I've been able to surrender. And that is really hard. And I get that. I get that so many of us athletes like being in control. We like having a say in how things go. And motherhood is the, one of the first times, at least for me, where I've been humbled at that level where, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine today. He's about to be a dad. And I'm like, you realize that when there's a baby, no matter how domineering and controlling you are, and like, I'm in control of my life and what it looks like when a baby comes along, you kind of take the back seat what you want to do has to take a backseat while you acclimate to this baby and then can figure out what this new normal looks like. And so I think that relates a lot to all of us as we're transitioning into this chapter of our first baby or just a new baby in general to our family. What does this look like for my training, my life, my routine, my body, my symptoms, my relationships? All of that is positively impacted by a baby and also can be a really challenging impact. And it's okay to acknowledge that. When we're talking about symptoms, I think I want to clarify this a little bit more because a lot of people, like for example, nobody had mentioned symptoms or side effects of pregnancy or delivery or postpartum to me ever six years ago. Like literally I had never heard of diastasis. And now diastasis is such a trendy term. Incontinence was definitely only something for old people in the pad commercials and pelvic organ prolapse. Well, what was that? I'd never heard of that, right? So this was only six years ago that all of these terms did not exist in my realm. It was not all over social media in the way that it is now. So just to give you some context there. So why I emphasize you know, your body is changing from the inside out, your training needs to also. The demand that a baby in, during pregnancy places on your abdominal wall and pelvic floor is different than not having a baby in there. Obviously, this is common sense, right? But we forget that because we want to keep doing what we've always done. Well, I can still do a muscle up, why shouldn't I? Or I could still hit this lift at 90% of my one rep max, why wouldn't I? You know. So I think we, we forget that During pregnancy, there's so many shifts and changes in our pressure system from the inside out that it does influence how we perform and how we perform is influencing the hit to our system, right? So diastasis is a very, diastasis recti, I should say, is a very normal part of pregnancy, you guys. It is not something that can be prevented. It is how our body adapts to growing a baby. So diastasis is the separation, naturally occurring separation, of the left and right sides of the rectus muscles, right? So your six, the line of your six-pack abs has to expand. That's just connective tissue. It's made to give and expand for growing a baby. And it is okay and it is normal. And that expansion varies from person to person with how much you give it is, how much pressure and tension is placed on that connective tissue. Some people's abs have to really spread a lot. Think about like a twin pregnancy or me with my two 10-pound babies. Oh, my God. I grew them. like I feel like I grew them straight out into my belly button. It was insane, right? So that was a lot of pressure and continual tension on my abdominal wall just from growing the baby. Nevertheless, what kind of training I was doing, right? And so that's for a lot of women. And so when we're talking about diastasis during pregnancy, we know it's normal, But we also have to know that how much stress and demand we're putting on top of that system with our training is going to impact that uh, diastasis, right? So, can we make adjustments to our training that is a bit more mindful of the amount of pressure that's being distributed forward? Yes, we can adapt that with our position, with some of our movement choices, how we're breathing, and just redistributing that pressure. And so, the same thing goes for incontinence. And incontinence is Anytime that you're leaking urine unintentionally, we see that a lot in different communities where well, I was running and then I started to pee myself or I was laughing and I started and I peed because I was laughing so hard or I sneeze and laugh or I was doing double unders and I peed. So incontinence is not reserved for just pregnancy or postpartum women. There's plenty of women who have never had a baby before that pee uh, in different like impact movements, for example, and this can last the course of a lifetime, but there is so much help um, around our pelvic health and any symptoms of incontinence. First and foremost, guys, for any of these symptoms that you're experiencing, if you have access to seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist, even if it's just for a one-time assessment, I mean that is absolutely something that I encourage on there. It's an evidence-based community, and they will help at least give you an, a general overview of your body, your needs, your tendencies. If you don't have access to that, The first line of defense is a pregnancy postpartum athleticism coach who can also help, at least in ways that's within our scope of practice, to help you like better familiarize yourself with that system. How much pressure is being distributed forward into your abdominal wall? What position are you in when you're leaking? Like what's causing that? And really just trying to troubleshoot from the outside in, whereas a pelvic floor physical therapist can help troubleshoot from the inside out a lot of the times. So I just, I want to add that disclaimer because I do feel like it's very important. So incontinence during pregnancy, if we're doing movements that are increasing the risk or the potential, or we're actually peeing when we're moving, that's not a movement that we should do. Pregnancy is a time to be more conservative with your training. We don't need to add extra pressure and impact, repetitive impact to a system that already has a baby sitting on top of it, right? So there's a lot of things that we can do that's decreasing impact, and decreasing the amount of demand on the pelvic floor during pregnancy just as as a precaution, right? Where we don't need to challenge things. We don't need to push boundaries or even maintain during pregnancy. It's okay to take a step back and still train, but not do it in the same exact capacity. We can create that same stimulus without the potential of symptoms or actual symptoms. Pelvic organ prolapse is like the downward descent of any of your pelvic floor organs. So you might feel pain or pressure. Sometimes you might even see something in your vagina and you're like, oh, well, that's different. That's uncomfortable. I don't feel right. Something is not right. Might be pregnancy, that might be after delivery where you just feel very symptomatic with different prolapse sensations. And so that's something to be mindful of too. And there is no shame and i think a lot of people assume that prolapse is just something that like your grandma has but there are so many women who are managing prolapse and so much help and hope surrounding management of symptoms and uh, my friends Haley Shevner and Ann Marie Everett with Pop Up Lift have some excellent resources if you're looking for more info on uh, prolapse they have excellent information on managing prolapse, but also your fitness and being really encouraging of that. Because I think if you start to Google, just don't, because there's not a lot of good information that you're going to find that's relatable to what you want to do. Um, There's a lot of fear mongering around prolapse, and we are trying to create a culture of, hey, like if you have a baby and you're managing symptoms, there's still a lot of help and hope for you pursuing the kind of fitness that you want to do. We're just going to change the way that maybe you've been doing it to better support you from the inside out. A lot of women during pregnancy and postpartum and beyond also might be managing pain, whether that's orthopedic pain or pelvic pain. And that is something that pain is multifactorial. And it's something that, you know, we would absolutely encourage you to see a pelvic floor physical therapist for because they can help really get a better idea and assessment of what you're experiencing. My point here is I don't want any of these symptoms, you guys. I think a lot of things have been dismissed for years and years and years. A lot of our grandmothers and mothers have probably been managing symptoms that they didn't even know were able to be helped, right? Like they just assumed that was a normal part of motherhood and that peeing is just part of it. And that feeling that they feel in their vagina, well, that's just how it is after you have a baby. Well, my abs just look like this. Well, I don't know. Like, and there was no help or info. And while we have access to so much information and sometimes that can that can be really overwhelming, my ultimate goal with the work that I do and now starting this podcast is to direct you guys to the kind of resources and help that will give you more information on your body and what can be done to help you, um, whether it's just in a preventative way or in a way that's going to help resolve a lot of your symptoms, or at least get to a point where it's manageable and you feel like you have a really good understanding of your body now and as your body continues to change throughout the course of your life. Athletes also need to adapt their training and mindset because our mental health can shift and change too. And I will never, ever, ever pretend to be a know-it-all on mental health at all. But I have struggled a lot just with being incredibly anxious and having plenty of experiences being depressed early in motherhood during pregnancy and just different challenges and how much that can impact our training and our life and our family. And so if you are struggling even a little bit, this is a whole episode in itself, you guys, but I think reaching out to a mental health therapist in your pregnancy is a critical move that we can make. Again, in a really proactive way, if we are buying swaddles and pregnancy support bands and postpartum like nipple shields and all this stuff, like we are already investing in our pregnancy and postpartum experience, right? Like let's also invest in the professionals who can help guide that for you as well, who can support you you need support because a healthy mom is what will be the the best situation for the baby it's not about the stuff you know babies yeah they need some stuff but they really need a mom who's in a good state and if you're feeling really challenged and overwhelmed maybe you're feeling like really angry or ragey or just like incredibly overwhelmed and emotional getting help and talking to a therapist can can really give you the support that you need and feedback on like, what do I need to do to make some changes in the ways that I can control so that both me and my baby can benefit. One question I get all the time is, well, what do I do and what do I not do? Bree? just tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> and well, I really wish it was simple to be like, well, stop all of this and start doing this. And this will make sure that you have a healthy pregnancy, great delivery and, You won't have any symptoms and you'll bounce back. Like it does not work that way. There is no right way to exercise or train. We just have some general guidelines that we can take into account and again, apply at a really individual level. It's really more about how and why your movement is done. And I'm going to repeat that because I think people want this formula. They want to know this is exactly what I should do in my postpartum chapter. And that's what's going to rehab my diastasis. That's what's going to improve my prolapse. That's what's going to help me stop peeing. But really it's your general movement and how you're performing that movement and your reason for trying to do it. So I see the, the why a lot in pregnancy where people are like, well, can I keep doing this? And I'm like, well, why do you want to keep doing it? Like, what is your real reason? Right? And a lot of the times it's not, oh, because that gives me such great strength capacity or whatever. It's like, oh, well, I just don't want to stop doing it. Okay, so then what's the risk of that movement? Like, what kind of, what is that doing right now for that pregnant belly? Or is that too much stress on your postpartum body right now? So, can we wait on that? Or can we pause that movement and do something else that's similar, but maybe is less demanding on a system that's frankly just a little bit vulnerable right now, both during pregnancy and postpartum? So, again, it's more about how and why. Your movement and exercise is being done versus do this, don't do that. You know, we can be really intentional with the approach and have our good reason for it. I want you to be able to confidently say, like, this is why I'm training this way. This is why I'm making my adjustments during pregnancy, or this is why I'm not doing that yet postpartum, and know that because I think we have this insecurity of, well, what are people gonna think? Like, who cares what other people think? It is your body your needs and your life that you're prioritizing, not other people's opinions. So is this movement or just your overall effort, is it setting you up or is it setting you back? Like, do you understand the demand it's putting on your body? And is there a benefit or is there more of a cost associated? It's that, can you do it? Well, maybe you physically can, but should you for where you are at right now? Because remember where you are at right now is not a forever situation. We're going to keep evolving anyway. And I think like Pregnancy and postpartum, motherhood in general is is such a a humbling recognition that nothing is permanent, right? Like our babies, they just they keep, they grow up. Like they grow up so fast. And it is so beautiful and so overwhelming to be in that process and to have that so clearly laid out in front of us that our body and how we're feeling, none of these things are forever. What can we done to embrace where we are and to help us get to where we want to be? What do we have to implement within ourselves and within our support unit, what we do and how we do it? Like, what do we have control of and really embracing that control? Because honestly, none of us are exempt. Like athlete brain really plays so strongly into our fitness and our motherhood. You know, we have to know how to leverage that to support us, to help guide our training to help guide what our body needs right now on behalf of later because there is no no right way to birth there's no right way to mother as a coach myself and with the team of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coaches we want to support all women and all of their choices right like we don't it might not be the choice that I made but I want to support you I am I'm not about being dogmatic I really want to just say that best and right is relative to the individual. And we are here to support you guys in whatever way that looks like for you and just help have more information, more context, more guidance for what you need and what your goals are. Because again, like we said in the earlier episode, what your goal is, is probably different than mine. And some people just want to run two days a week, or they want to go to their spin class. Four days a week, and others maybe are trying to make a run for the Olympics, and their training and schedule and timeline of what they're doing and how they do it is absolutely going to look different, and it should because it's a different consideration, right? So, it's really finding what that looks like for you, knowing that none of us are exempt from struggles with our mental health, from symptoms, from how birth goes, and for how we acclimate to motherhood. Like, we are all figuring it out in our own way, and we are are here to support you. I am here to support you. And I want you to have the information that you need. If I do not know how to provide the guidance that you're looking for, I can guarantee that I know somebody who can help you. And that's what I love about the network and team that's been created through this movement with pregnancy and postpartum athleticism and the communities, the women's health community, the public health community, and the strength and conditioning community, athlete community that supports us and is collaborative with what we're doing and how we are doing it. I want to wrap up this episode with reading the Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism Coach Manifesto, because I think it gives a really good overview of who we are, what we're about, and what we believe, and really just what concludes what it means to be part of the Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism Movement. My support is not foreseeing how much can be deadlifted at 30 weeks pregnant. My support is given by guiding fully informed decisions about training so an athlete can confidently make risk versus reward decisions. My praise is not for the hard workout done on her due date. It's for honoring changing energy levels throughout the entire pregnancy and postpartum, training when you can, resting when you should. My effort is not to promote an invincible or fearful mindset toward training and recovery. My effort is to guide an adjusted mindset, With trust and patience during these unique chapters. My praise is not about how flat a stomach is at six weeks postpartum. My praise is for acknowledgement and unconditional ownership of the transformative chapter that is motherhood in ways that extend far beyond aesthetic changes. My amazement is not at having an unmedicated birth. It's for the bravery of having a baby, controlling what you can in the process and surrendering to the X factor that is birth with no fear judgment, or shame in your choice or circumstance. My message is not about glorifying the fittest of pregnancies and quickest of postpartum returns. My message is to help care for changing and healing bodies with how they function, heal, and perform now and long-term. My work is not about what fits my bias or telling you what you want to hear. It's about understanding evidence yet applying holistically and creatively to meet an athlete as they are where they are. We have a different message, specific intention, and all-encompassing methodology about pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. It's not just about cores and pelvic floors, fit pregnancies, promoting fit moms, and giving movement modifications. We help connect dots for the whole woman through the considerations and perspective that extends far beyond this chapter. There's a reason we are trusted to guide the best athletes, the athletes who are pursuing motherhood and continued athleticism across a wide spectrum of ability and desire. We get them because we empathize, seeing beyond where they can or know to at this moment in time. We are the quality control worth trusting. You guys, that wraps up episode two of the Practice Brave podcast. Thank you so much for being here, for being part of this movement. And I would really love to hear from you if you can leave a review, share this episode, pass it on to somebody who needs it, pass it on to somebody who needs a breakdown of what resources are available. Thank you so much for your continued support and for helping grow this for all of us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you head over to my website, www.briannabattles.com and find my free and paid resources and make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Brianna Battles. Talk to you soon.